My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm with this big flock of sheep not far from our home outside of Moscow, Russia, and I have my rod and my staff. You know why? Because the 23rd Psalm says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What is the purpose of a rod and a staff? Every good shepherd has a rod and a staff, and that includes Jesus and his rod and his staff. They comfort us. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I have been waiting for you. And today we are going to have a marvelous time in the 23rd Psalm. And today we're going to be looking at God's promise of correction. You say, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Yes, you do, because there is protection in correction. But I want you to get the whole series, which is called Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is your shepherd? And my friends, he has a rod and a staff. And if we'll let him use his rod and his staff in our life, it will bring great comfort to us. We're going to find out about that in today's program. But please order this 10-part series. You can order it by going online or by giving us a call. And it comes with a study guide. The study guide is so powerful because you can read it while you see it or you hear it and really reinforce the teaching. We need to know about the 10 promises the great shepherd makes to every one of his sheep. And that means me and that means you. And we're also offering you right now Tony Cook's book. It's small, but it's very powerful called Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The Blessings of an Empowered Life. And for those who become partners with our ministry, we always send two books to everyone who becomes a partner as our way of saying, welcome to the partner family. And my friend, if you're already a partner, I want you to know I pray for you every morning, every night. You're on my mind all the time. I'm asking God to release his protective care and his blessing into your life. And if you're not a partner today, I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a partner with our ministry. You say, well, what is a partner anyway? A partner is someone who regularly gives financially to our ministry so that we can take this teaching around the world. The gospel is free, but TV time is not free. It takes a lot of money. And when you become a partner, you help put fuel in the tank to help us take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the planet that are crying out for someone to bring them teaching that they can trust. And that is why we call you a partner. You're working with us to fulfill the Great Commission. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness and my book called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to our partners. This is our way of saying welcome to the family. And I want to remind you that from now until October, we're offering on our website at a radical discount, our brand new autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And on the cover, it pictures me and Denise on Red Square in Moscow. Who would have ever dreamed that a boy from Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and a girl from northeastern Oklahoma, a little town called Miami, would get married and end up in Moscow, Russia, 
That's where we live. That's where I'm speaking to you from today. It has been quite an adventure of faith, and God wants you to have an adventure of faith. And this is not just a story. It is filled with teaching about how you can launch out to have your own faith adventure. So order yours today. And you can order all of these things by going to our website or by giving us a call. And when you reach out to us, please let us know how to pray for you. Matthew 18, 19 says that if we would agree as touching anything in prayer, God will do it. And if you'll let us know how to pray, we'll get into agreement with you and Jesus will move in your life. But hey, reach for your Bible. And today we're going to return to the 23rd Psalm. And I want to read verse 1 again. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, remember David had been a shepherd. He knew what it meant to be a shepherd. So it's significant when he calls the Lord his shepherd. And you ought to personalize this. You should say the Lord is my shepherd. David says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Oh, I'm so thankful. He's the one that restores our souls. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. We saw that yesterday and today we're going to see the next part of verse 4. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Verse 5, that preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And in this amazing psalm, we have these 10 promises. Number one, God's supernatural provision. Number two, God's supernatural protection. Number three, God's supernatural peace. Number four, God's supernatural restoration. Number five, God's supernatural guidance. Number six, God's supernatural confidence. We saw that yesterday. Today we're going to see number seven, God's supernatural correction. Number eight, God's supernatural prosperity. Number nine, God's supernatural anointing. Number 10, God's supernatural natural promise. But today we're going to be looking at God's supernatural correction. And again, don't be afraid of correction because there is protection in correction. This is the job of a good shepherd. But look what the Bible says in Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. And then David adds, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff were vital tools for any shepherd because they aided the shepherd in protecting and correcting the sheep. And very often this was not two instruments, but it was one that was used differently because it had two different ends. And I'm going to give you an illustration. Today I brought a couple of shepherd staffs which are real, authentic shepherd staffs from the Caucasus region of the former Soviet Union. And here we have a long staff. This is taken from a tree, but it's been modified. And notice that one end has a hook. This is for the sake of grabbing sheep when they're out of line to get them back into line. And very often they would use the other end to beat predators or to beat anything that came to attack 
the sheep. This is a real, authentic shepherd staff. Then there's another one here, which is a little more sophisticated looking. It's from the same region, the Caucasus region of the former Soviet Union. And notice on the top, the hook is very sophisticated looking, bound together with iron. But the other end was used as a rod to beat predators. This was a shepherd staff. And when David said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, it was telling us God has an instrument in our life and with one end, he guides us and he corrects us. With the other end, he beats the enemies that come against us. But today, I want us to dive into this illustration. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And first, the rod was a club that was shepherd used to beat off or even to kill predators. Jesus speaks of the tenacity of a good shepherd in John chapters 10, verses 11 through 13, where he describes a wolf that came to attack the sheep. Listen to what Jesus said in John 10, verses 11 to 13. But let's begin with verse 11, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And I have to tell you that when you read this in the Greek text, it says it a little different. The Greek says, I am the shepherd, the good one. That is literally what it means. And Jesus was saying, I'm the best shepherd that exists. I am the shepherd and I am the good one. And notice what Jesus says about himself. The good shepherd, he's talking about himself, gives his life for the sheep, which means he's going to do whatever he has to do to nurture those sheep, feed those sheep, and to defend those sheep. That's what a good shepherd does. But then in verse 12, Jesus says, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. There is so much in this verse that I want to unpack it for you before we proceed any further. First of all, Jesus uses the word hireling. Who is a hireling? The word hireling is a Greek word which depicts one who only works to get a salary. He is not called. He is just there to collect a check. And Jesus says, and not the shepherd who is a shepherd. The word shepherd is the Greek word poimen, which describes one so committed to the flock, he will give his life for that flock. It is a shepherd, one who feeds the flock, one who protects the flock, one who rules the flock. And of course, the flock in this case is the people of God. So the hireling is one who is there only to collect the paycheck. The shepherd is one who is there to give his entire life to feed, to protect, and to rule God's people. And Jesus continued to say, but he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming. Who is the wolf? Well, the Greek word for wolf is the Greek word lukos, which depicts a wolf. But listen, it applied figuratively to cruel, greedy, rapacious, destructive men. And what is really fascinating is this Greek word lukos, is where the Romans and the Greeks derived a term to describe a particular class of prostitutes who howled during the night to attract the attention of men and to lure them into their nest. 
It literally described prostitutes who sold themselves. Hence, this word wolf depicts those who will sell themselves or offer themselves for gain, but usually will only stick around as long as there is something to be gained. Here we find men or those in the ministry with ulterior motives who come to prostitute themselves and sell themselves to people in order to get something out of the people. And I'll tell you that in my life, I've seen a few of these wolves in the church. But Jesus said, he that is a hireling, the one that's only there to collect a paycheck and not the shepherd who has given his entire life to feed, to nurture and to protect the people, the hireling whose own the sheep are not, when the wolf shows up, those who've come to abuse the people and make gain of them, he leaves the sheep and flees. The word flee is a Greek word, which means to flee, to take flight, to run away as fast as possible, or even to escape. It pictures one's feet flying as he escapes a situation. So we find that a hireling who's just there to collect a check, when trouble takes place, he's out of there. But a real shepherd will stick around. But wait, it says the wolf catches them. The word catch being the Greek word harpazo, which means to seize, to snatch, to steal, or to rob. It is the word catch. And it makes me go in my mind to Proverbs chapter 7, where we read about the prostitute who lured a young man that was not very smart out of his home until finally he ended up in bed with her, but she lured him until she caught him. That is exactly the word that is used in Proverbs chapter 7. And now we find that spiritual wolves lure people into their spiritual bed with them. And the Bible says the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. Ay, 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 the word scatter, the Greek word skorpizo. The word scorpizo means to scatter, but it is closely related to the Greek word scorpios, which, yes, is where we get the word for a scorpion. And here it indicates the sheep scatter when the sheep feel they have been stung by a person or by a situation. Then in verse 13, Jesus said, the hireling, the one that's just there for a paycheck, he fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. But my friends, Jesus is not a hireling. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, which means Jesus is not going to run when we get in trouble. Jesus comes to our rescue and Jesus has a rod and a staff to take care of us. And David was very familiar with the power of a rod because he had been a shepherd earlier in his life. He described his experience as a shepherd in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34, where he said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Verse 35. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. Verse 36, thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. But the New Living Translation says it like this. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, David said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. There's the rod. 
I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears. David knew the sheep were safe because he had his rod in his hand. And David was consoled knowing that the Lord was his shepherd and said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David knew as long as the Lord was his shepherd and as long as the Lord is your shepherd, you are in good hands because God will use his power to beat the enemy off of you. But there was a second use of the rod and the staff. The rod usually had a hook on the other end, and that hook was good for reaching a sheep that had fallen into a ditch to get it out of the ditch and to put it back on its feet again. The staff was good for correcting the sheep and for guiding the sheep, and if the sheep needed a gentle tap to keep them from going in a dangerous direction or to keep it from heading into something catastrophic, that rod became an extension of the shepherd's tender hands. That is so powerful. I love Isaiah 59 verse 1, which says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. God's loving hand is involved in our life. And when we are set, headed in a wrong direction, God will use his rod and his staff to put us back on track and if needed to even correct us. And my friends, there is protection in correction. Thank God for his correction in our lives. David wrote about God's own correction in his life in the 51st Psalm, verses 1 to 4 and verses 7 to 12. David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and God lovingly corrected him. God corrected him and David found protection in God's correction. And in verse 1, David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Verse 4, Against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Then in verse 7, he says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 8, Make me to hear the joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. That is his reference to the correction of God in his life. God spoke to him through the prophet Nathan and corrected him. And David felt he had been broken by that correction. And yet he was so thankful for it. Verse 9, he said, hide thy face from my sins, blot out my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 11, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Verse 12, and here is God's intention. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. David had been corrected. He said the correction was so strong that he felt that it broke his bones, but he knew it was essential to bring him back on track. And now God was ready to fully restore him and to restore to him the joy of his salvation. And my friends, 
In the 23rd Psalm, we read that God has a rod and he has a staff. He has a rod for beating the enemy off of us if we are under attack. The other end of that staff becomes a rod to get us back on track or to rescue us if we are in danger. And as our good shepherd, Jesus is fully committed to protecting us and for correcting us. And to this, we ought to all say, amen. My friends, there is protection in correction. And David said in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me, and Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Wow. But when we come back tomorrow, we're going to go to verse 5, which says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, which is God's supernatural promise of prosperity. Even in the presence of your enemies, God wants to load your table like you're sitting at a banquet table. He prepares a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies, which means it is God's intention to prosper you. Wow. These are the promises that the great shepherd makes to his sheep in the 23rd Psalm. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. The 23rd Psalm is a favorite passage of Scripture for many people and cherished by Christians all over the world. In this new 10-part series, Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd, Rick Renner opens this powerful passage like you've never heard it before, so you can understand all the amazing promises that God makes to you in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord really is your shepherd, and He wants to lovingly take care of you. In this 10-part series, Rick will unfold for you God's provision and protection, God's peace and restoration, God's guidance and prosperity, God's anointing and promises, and so much more. Rick Renner says, this is one of my favorite series. Anyone who loves Psalm 23 will love it more than ever after hearing this fully expounded teaching. This remarkable series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $20. In addition, we're also offering you the book, Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The 12 Blessings of an Empowered Life. God wants you to experience all the promises in His Word. And in this easy-to-read book, you'll find 12 blessings that God promises you in the 23rd Psalm. This powerful book can be yours for just $7. Don't miss this special offer of the 10-part series, Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd, and the book, Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The 12 Blessings of an Empowered Life. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. I want to take just a moment to tell you about what God is doing in our ministry. We are bursting at the seams with response from people and it's coming from all over the world, from the English speaking world, from the Russian speaking world. People are reaching out to us for prayer, for support, 
and for resources, and we need more space. It's not about buildings. It's never about buildings. Really, it's about having space so we can adequately minister to the needs of the people that are reaching out to us. And in Tulsa, we have to have a new ministry home. We've totally outgrown our current facility, and God has led us to another building. And guess what? It is fully furnished. All we have to do is purchase it and move in, and we can immediately begin to operate. Wow, that is just like something the Lord would do. At the same time, in Moscow, we're constructing a new studio because this studio is too small. We are producing five to seven daily television programs, and we have maximized this space. And now we need to construct this new TV studio, which is already under construction. And in that studio, we're going to produce programming that's going to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus and to the Word of God. And our assignment is to bring teaching that people can trust to them all over the planet, particularly to English speakers and to Russian speakers. But if you put together all the space we need to expand, we need about 50,000 square feet and that's what it comes to, the building in Tulsa, the studio which we're constructing in Moscow, and we can do all of it for $120 a square foot. That is a remarkable price when you consider it includes the architectural plans, the property, the building, the furnishings, the TV equipments, the light, everything that is needed for us to do this ministry. And I'm asking you today to please pray about joining us to help us do this. Would you be a part of the giving team that gives sacrificially to help us really knock this out of the ballpark, to win the victory, to purchase the building in Tulsa, to finish constructing the studio in Moscow? You know, if we have to do it by ourselves, it's gonna to be tough, but if many people will join hands with us together, we can do this, we can do it quickly, and Jesus will give us the victory. Many years ago, when Denise and I first began our ministry, the Lord gave us Romans chapter 10, verse 18, and it says, Yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. It is amazing that we're watching this ministry really reach people at the very ends of the earth. And when you partner with us, you help us do this job. And together, we can purchase this building in Tulsa, construct the studio in Moscow, and produce programming and bring teaching of the Bible that people can trust to people all over the planet. And my friend, please join us. Ask the Holy Spirit what He would have you to do and what He would have you to do regularly until we finally achieve this victory. And I want to say thank you in advance. I have to personally tell you, I am so thankful for God's corrective hand in my life. And I have discovered there really is protection in correction. What if God just let us do what we wanted to do? We would get in trouble and it would be destructive. But God loves us so much and God wants to protect us. So he corrects us. It is the love of God. And this is just one of 10 promises in the 23rd Psalm. And my friend, I want you to order the entire series called Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and it comes with a study guide. We're also offering you the book by Tony Cook, which is called Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The Blessings of an Empowered 
life. Please order these today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness and my book called Life in the Combat Zone. We always give this to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And from now until October, we're offering you our brand new autobiography called Unlikely. Let me tell you, friends, if anybody was unlikely to do what we're doing, it was me and Denise and our family, but God loves to call unlikely people, and that means God wants to call you too. And I want you to order this because God has an adventure waiting for you, and this will encourage you to get started. And please be sure to let us know how to pray for you by sending us an email or giving us a call. But Father, today we thank you that there is protection in correction. And Lord, it is absolutely true that your rod and your staff, oh, they bring comfort to us. You protect us from the enemy and you help us to stay on track. And for this, Jesus, we say thank you. Amen. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. There's power.